Hi everyone, welcome to Outgrow's Marketer of the Month. I'm your host, Dr. Saksham Sharda. I'm the creative director at outgrow.co. And for this month, we are going to interview Aaron Norris, who is the VP of Market Insights at Property Radar. Thanks for joining us, Aaron. Thanks for having me. So we're going to start with a rapid fire round just to break the ice. You get three passes in case you don't want to answer the question. You can just say pass. Okay. But, yeah, but try to keep your answers to one word or one sentence only. Okay. Sounds good. All right. So the first question, how long does it take you to get ready in the mornings? 15 minutes. Okay. Most embarrassing moment of your life. Oh, <laughs> oh, geez. Um, uh, falling in front in an audition in front of an entire room and directors, casting directors, but I still got the job. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. How many hours of sleep can you survive on? Six. All right. How many, oh, wait, fill in the blank. An upcoming marketing trend is blank. Uh, augmented, uh, virtual reality. Okay. The city in which the best kiss of your life happened. Mm, New York. Okay. Pick one, Mark Zuckerberg or Jack Dorsey? Mm, Mark. Okay. The first movie that comes to your mind when I say the word ambition? Ambition, Princess Bride. <laughs> All right. Why did you last, uh, sorry, when did you last cry? Oh, yesterday. <laughs> okay. Why? <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm going to have to have heart surgery and it all came down yesterday. I just found out. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Okay, well. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be fine. I'm going to be fine. Okay. The biggest mistake of your career? Oh, not moving faster. Hmm. How do you relax? <laughs> I'm terrible at relaxing. Still working on that one. Pass. <laughs> okay. Uh, how many cups of coffee do you drink per day? One, but it's big. <laughs> okay. A habit of yours that you really hate? Oh, I don't know how to relax. Uh-huh. The most valuable skill you've learned in life? Uh, loving to learn. Okay. And finally, the last question is your favorite Netflix show? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> so that's a pass. Then. Is Shits is Shits Creek on Netflix? I forget. I think it is. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. we'll we'll go with Shits Creek. Okay, cool. So you scored nine on ten on the rapid fire round because you had one pass. So congratulations. Now, All right. now we're going to move on to the bigger, deeper questions, which you can answer in as many words as you like. Okay. Uh, the first one is: uh, Can you can you tell our audience in brief uh, what role does data play in the real estate industry and what Property Radar actually does? Sure. Property Radar is a public record service. Uh, we combine property, people, and mortgage data into a platform where marketers can end up stacking. I know it's called list stacking, but different demographic data on top of ownership data to get really good at segmenting and targeting very specific lists and markets. Um, my role as VP of Market Insights is part of my job is working with media every day um, and economists pulling data um, on trends. And then the other half is teaching 
um, are the industry, um, real estate, including investor, mortgage, realtor, um, even home services, so solar pool providers, how to use data in their marketing to talk more often with people more likely that would want their service. So are you concentrated uh, on hunting for trends across the whole country or is it multiple countries or is it multiple states? What is the reach of this? You, uh, nationwide in the United States right now. Mm -hmm. Okay. And what is a trend that you would like to highlight today if I asked you? Uh, our Wall Street in the real estate space is very interesting. So we've got a lot of uh, companies going public like Open Door, um, OfferPad, and um, mm -hmm. we've also got institutional Wall Street real estate players that are coming into the single family um, real estate market. And Main Street mm -hmm. is got some new competition and they're operating on some very different uh, Wall Street trends there, vertical integration and making a lot of money in little different places. And it's just a new competitor that plays a different game. Hmm, interesting. And so where do you, like as a trend hunter of sorts, where do you get your news from? And if there's any real estate people listening to this podcast today, where would you recommend to them they get their news from? Um, I like to definitely do industry-specific trends. Um, as a real estate broker, I get uh, information um, directly from an association I'm part of in Florida and California. Um, I'm a mortgage lender, so I get mortgage-specific information. But I'm also paying attention to very well-known reporters that still uh, have the ability to write specifically on real estate who really know what they're talking about. So some Bloomberg, uh, Wall Street Journal, um, there are some local reporters like at the LA Times, the Houston Chronicle. Um, it's just harder and harder these days to get reporters that their beat is strictly real estate. Uh, a lot more are having to be generalists, which is too bad. Mm. So, I mean, like, I guess nowadays there's also an abundance of data out there on the internet. How important is it to provide personalized information or solutions to your clients or users? It's very important. They really rely on it. Uh, our service pre-appends emails and phone numbers. So um, if my target is aging landlords who have held their property for over 20 years, um, <laughs> you know, I'm probably not going to be a, a content creator on TikTok hoping to reach them. <laughs> um, I, I may have much better success uh, just strictly calling. Uh, and giving really good phone, which is what I call it. So uh, it, it's it's right-bound marketing. It's the, the right audience, uh, right channel, right time with the right message. And data really allows you to do that in sophisticated ways. Hmm. And so how consequential do you think is the podcast industry uh, for every growing company, and especially for companies in your domain? And how do you think the podcast scene has evolved in the past few years? <laughs> I have been doing podcasts for over 13 years. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been doing it a long time before it was cool. I probably had one of the very first podcasts in the real estate space uh, with the family business, the Norris Group, and then uh, started another one with Property Radar called the Data Driven Real Estate Podcast. Um, you know, it, it depends. Uh, I, it, the current podcast, we do video format, and then we're publishing all over the place, and we interview everybody from economists. Um, so it's relationship building. And of course, it's content creation, I think, through the mind of SEO. Um, so it plays a very specific role. And we're talking to our core clients and uh, really trying to provide them with tools and interesting insights. So um, we use it as a relationship building asset for sure. And what's one way you'd say your podcast is different from others? 
it's nerdy. It is a little bit more data driven. <laughs> um, right. And you know, what is funny, I, I'm learning that a lot of people don't want to give up their data secrets. So sometimes mm -hmm. it's a little bit more general than I would like, but then sometimes I learn things. I've been in the real estate investing business for, you know, over 15 years. And then somebody comes out with this hyper local expertise that blows my mind. And I never would have thought about a specific data stacking technique. And it's very specific to the local market because of local laws or local market trends. I just love that. So I'm always surprised and I love learning. Mm. Uh, I was going to say, so how do you go around looking for guests for your podcast? Um, some of it's just because I've been in the in the space for a really long time and I, I know the people that I admire. Um, and then some of it's very strategic as we're going nationwide. We started, uh, we went national in November and I'm trying to learn more. So interviewing some of the big players, I have data and I can identify the major flippers in any market and I could start reaching out to them and doing some background research. So I know they're the real deal instead of these very guru driven, you know, <laughs> people. So it's fun. Data allows me to do that. Cool. And how do you think the pandemic has affected real estate in 2020? Like, uh, can you give us one thing that was expected and it went as expected and tell us something unexpected that happened to the real estate market as well? Expected? I don't know. I, I've never, I don't remember reading much about real estate pandemics, real estate and pandemics. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and technology has met the moment and it has allowed us to have new conversations about uh, working remotely or a hybrid experience. And uh, people are, we're calling it the great reassessment. Um, home now is where we work, educate, play. <laughs> um, so we want more space. And so the trends are, I don't, I don't think urban markets are n never going to survive. I, I think, you know, I just did an interview today in New York and um, I believe in, you know, I lived in New York for seven years. I lived in a LA for several years. Um, those are great markets. I think they're going to be fine, uh, but the suburban markets are having a heyday. So it's very interesting to watch migration trends as people look for more affordable space. Um, and the trend right now is that people are having a hard time finding inventory. Um, the market is being, we just stopped building after the great recession. Um, so we can't keep up with the demand. Uh, millennials finally decided to get off their parents' couch and be, form households and they're landing at a time with very little inventory at lifetime low interest rates and with an administration that's having a conversation about first-time buyer credits so fuel to the fire we do not need um, pandemic has created a lot of supply chain disruption in the building market and then you have wall street chasing the same exact inventory that first-time buyers want so it's a really hot interesting market everybody wants to talk to me about foreclosure and i'll show them the data and go Sorry, there's not much to talk about, <laughs> and there probably won't be. Well, and how do you think it's going to be affected in the future? Because you already said there probably won't be. But uh, yeah, in the future, how do you think it's going to change, considering the U.S. is going to be more or less vaccinated by uh, the end of the summer? What I was waiting for is technology companies to come through with uh, if they were going to allow their employees to have the hybrid experience. Mm -hmm. And so now this hybrid work environment, uh, if it does indeed stick, which it looks like it will, you've got, uh, I'll give you a great example. In the Bay Area, the median home price, I believe, is $1.6 million. Um, an hour plane ride to San Diego or to Palm Springs, the median price is half that. So if all of a sudden I don't have to be in the office but twice a month, and I'm saving that kind of money on home ownership and actually probably have more space and a backyard. Um, that pays for a lot of first 
uh, first class plane tickets up to the Bay Area. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see where people decide to relocate. Um, I think we're all sort of taking a, a step back and trying to decide what's important in our lives. And uh, it's a moment. And we are locking in lifetime low interest rates. So people might be parking it a lot longer uh, than they have historically than they have historically. And what do you think of uh, the other side of this? That is like, what is going to happen to the uh, spaces where all these offices were located? Like, you know, so well, it's going to, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I think I have heard a lot of people talking about reuses of things like hotels, um, especially in New York, which seems crazy to me because commercial is so much more valuable. Um, and God knows living in New York, I would not want to live on the first floor of anything in Manhattan. That's <laughs> just the preference. Um, I don't know about that necessarily uh, as the we get vaccinated. And uh, I think people are just pent up buyer, just pent up people demand. People just want to get out. And um, I am in an essential business. So I've been traveling for the last year, but I do very specifically remember the very first time I was in a restaurant inside and it was emotional and weird. <laughs> didn't think you'd get emotional in a restaurant, but um, you realize how much people and interaction is important and family and be, you know, that kind of engagement. So we weren't as humans meant to be locked inside. So looking forward to getting things getting back to normal for sure. No, I mean, specifically as in like the office spaces of companies like Twitter saying they're just going to switch to remote work forever. Uh, I know for a fact, like here in London, that the Shard, uh, which was lent out to, I think, Goldman Sachs, and then the 2009 recession happened. And now that's been completely, uh, they had to like write a new contract. And then once again, they finally managed to fill it up. And now the pandemics happened. So what's going to happen to these office spaces and business parks? You know, I think they'll they'll get filled up eventually. It might take a few years to come back. The commercial and the residential market are very having a very separate moment. You know, a lot mm -hmm. of federal governments are deciding as you know during a global pandemic, it's not a, a great idea to have a huge wave of foreclosures and evictions. Um, commercial, you know, <laughs> our, our governments aren't necessarily looking at small businesses, and they can't save everyone. Um, and let's be honest, not all businesses survive anyway. So. Uh, I think, you know, a couple years as the vaccination rolls out, we get an opportunity to get our footing. Um, businesses will be back. It might look different. Uh, you may have uh, companies decide, you know what, maybe I don't need that much space. If we have the flex space, maybe we can um, sort of rethink how much square footage we need. So I think there's a lot of opportunity for innovation in the space. Um, you know, the trends were changing anyway in the commercial space when it comes to new construction. So, you know, I think we're going to see more health and wellness than ever after the pandemic sort of built into these spaces, uh, flexible space um, and the hybrid work environment. And I think commercial will step up and make it happen. Mm -hmm. And what strategies and challenges are driving the majority of your marketing this year? And how do you approach the new market uh, in the real estate sector, you specifically? Me specifically, um, the United States is pretty red hot in the real estate space. I happen to build for rent in a specific part of Florida um, that has a very unique history. And uh, land went from the peak at the Great Recession, selling for $100,000 for a lot, uh, US dollars, to under 10,000. That's how badly this market got crushed in land. Um, and now we're back up to 20 grand and everybody wants to, to build. So it, and the COVID has, created a lot of uh, disruption in the supply chain. So lots of challenges there, but also lots of opportunity uh, if you're looking. The data is there to find the ownership 
and uh, you know, direct mail, uh, multi-touch campaigns. Uh, I work with marketing company that's at their specialty to where they've got call centers using virtual assistants. They're using direct mail. They're doing lookalike digital ad campaigns. Um, and some are even using SMS text technology. Oh, wow. I was going to say, uh, because they actually have put a question here, our team was doing research, and it says, you have spent the majority of your life uh, in the 20s as a performer. Mm-hmm. So would you like to share an embarrassing audition that you gave in your life? But you already answered that in the rapid fire. <laughs> round, yeah, that <laughs> I was... Uh, on that. <laughs> uh, yeah, my most embarrassing audition was for Damn Yankees. Uh, it was a Florida production. And... Um, uh, the entire cast of ballplayers had to do gymnastics. And so we're each asked one by one to sh- throw some tricks. And I did. I just didn't exactly stick the landing. And I slipped into the lap of the casting director and the director. Uh, and everybody had a great time at my expense. But I booked the job. So there you go. <laughs> also, I have another question. Is uh, your favorite real estate documentary? Ooh. <laughs> you know what? It's so interesting. I love New York and the history of New York and the subway. Mm-hmm. So I don't even know the names, but I've watched several about sort of the development of New York City um, mm-hmm. and the subway system and mass transit. Um, I'm just really fascinated with urban development. Um, before I got into marketing and public relations, I was very close to going in for urban development and design. Okay, so some New York subway documentary. So we can yeah, on Netflix or Amazon. I, <laughs> sorry, I don't remember the name. <laughs> okay. Uh, and the last question is, what would you be doing if not what you're doing right now? I would probably just be working on buying more rentals and uh, yeah, just mm-hmm. buying more real estate and focusing on that. Okay. All right. Well, that's the end of the interview. Thanks, everyone, for joining us for this month's episode of Outgrow's Market of the Month. That was Aaron Norris, who is the VP of Market Insights at Property Radar. Thanks for joining us, Aaron. Thank you very much. Do check out their website for more details, and we'll see you once again next month with another Market of the Month.